Well, we are so grateful you are here with us again for another episode of the We Are Wayfarers podcast. And we're your hosts, Ben and Crystal Woods. Today, we jump in on another specific Team Woods culture code. Very near and dear to our hearts. Always celebrate when someone comes home. This is season three, episode eight. And we're so glad you're with us today. Glad to have you back with us. Absolutely. We are so thankful for you and constantly encouraged by you all. Yeah, this last week we came back from a bit of a break from podcasting. And now here we are. Everything is back in full swing. Full swing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we love hearing from new folks joining us and listening along. And we're always grateful for those of you who have been journeying alongside us for a long time or even the whole time. Uh, it's just really, it's such an encouragement um, to hear all the new stories that God is weaving into this wayfaring movement of believers to see um, so many kind of stumbling onto this podca- podcast because somebody shared it with them. I love how like you said, stumbling onto this and then, and you, then stumbled you stumbled on the word, word podcast. Sorry. It's pretty natural for yep. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, whether that's because you um, were introduced to it because you attended a gathering we were at or because somebody uh, recommended it to you. Uh, for anybody who is new to the Brave Way Home or to this podcast, we just wanted to invite you to visit our website. It's just thebravewayhome.com. Um, you can learn a little bit more about what this is all about. And specifically, if you're new to the podcast and if it's if it's resonating, if it's something that you feel God is using in your heart, it might not be a, a bad idea to kind of go back all the way to the beginning and catch any of the first three episodes that we recorded. We kind of have framed those as almost like our pillar episodes, where if you listen to those, you can kind of understand who we are and what we're going after and kind of what God has put on our hearts. Um, and so those are those are just the first three episodes, and they'll give you a little bit more about the heartbeat of the Brave Way Home. And this, for everybody... We, we just would love to connect to, with you. We love to hear from you, whether online, through social media, email, or even in person. That's my favorite way. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, maybe even with some treehouse time, we just want to continue to put that invitation out for anybody who's listening that if you are wanting some specific time to kind of lean into how you can grow deeper um, in your relationship with Jesus, how you can walk closer we want that time with you. We are, are hoping and praying for and expectant for God to bring those moments into your life and into our life. And we love to do that in our treehouse, just our sacred space to invest in in you and in your relationship with Jesus and kind of lean into those deeper waters and those deeper things alongside you. So that invitation is always open. And if this podcast is serving you, we would just We'd love to hear how. I, I love getting texts from friends and from people who who are, are are telling us ways that God is using the time that we are spending together in a way that um, that just feeds them and, and continues to draw them deeper to himself. And so 
Um, and if that is the case, of course, you are always welcome to email us or text us. But if also you're welcome to write a review or follow the podcast. Yeah, whatever those things are. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with. But more than anything, the hope is to serve you and uh, allow these moments and the time and the energy that we put in them to to better equip you to walk closer and deeper with Jesus. So yeah, that's the plan. But what a week it's been. We've we've had a yeah, it's been a full week. Um I'm moving better, right? Like I'm, I'm <laughs> recovery is going well. Yes. I'm uh I think I mentioned last time like I'm I'm learning how to write sermons from a recliner, which as long as I'm by a window with sunlight, can I could get used to that. But um I've started my, you know, like all the whatever you call it, the the re the rehab stuff with like I get to be on a stationary bike this week. Like you're laughing at me, but it's like, I'm just is... thinking that's the difference between us. You get to be on a stage. I'm bike. I'm excited to be back and moving, and at the same time, I'm still moving a little slow. Um, stairs are still intimidating, but uh, we're working. It's coming together. But had the joy of getting a tag in out at First Christian in Borden uh, here in Southern Indiana for a big uh, kind of church wide Valentine's banquet, and that was awesome because it was such a great window to see some familiar faces and just that that invitation to to be able to share more and more and teach and preach the lookout for the left out heartbeat it's it was just it was just a good night good night but uh lots of familiar faces yes, lots I, of very I came away just precious just moments happy 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 so uh <laughs> yeah you're laughing at me a story of my life but like we said, we we just launched back into another string of episodes. Yeah, so full swing um, on the ministry side of life. And on a personal level, it's a big week. It's, a, it's an emotional week. We're recording this episode on Kala's baptism anniversary. And then it's going to air on Ezra's baptism anniversary. Um, that happens to be Valentine's Day, so... Happy Valentine's Day, I guess. <laughs> um, and of course, Lila's eighth birthday is sandwiched kind of in between there. Her birthday's on the 11th. So yeah, we'll have so, her party. And... So pray for us. Uh, well, actually, well, I mean, by the time you hear this, the, well, the party will be over. I don't know what condition we will be in or our house will be in, <laughs> or maybe I do know. But um, if you remember from last week, um, it's safe to say that your prayers for our recovery... <laughs> will likely be necessary. It's going to be a party. Yes. It's going to be fun. Yes. Um, but this week, yeah, this week is it's such a mix of the heavy and the hopeful and joyful. And, but it, it always is. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've shared before how in grief so many moments carry a weight that, that they didn't before. Like sometimes the tension between the joyful and the sweet, they can become very like bittersweet and and birthdays are are some of those moments you know i just thinking back and in just in these last few days like watching video of kala holding lila and helping her with her cake on her mm-hmm. birthday mm-hmm. and just all these these precious images and and memories and they all kind of come together. And so there, there's so many emotional landmines that surround us all the time. But I, I know we've shared this before. We've resolved our hearts to treat them like treasures, to embrace them and allow all the feelings to wash over us and remind us how thankful we are for Kala and grateful for the time God has given us with her here. 
and all the time he promises us with her ahead. Yeah. Like the, the joy of watching Lila grow and change and develop held alongside just the agony of watching her do that without her big sister. Like those just natural thoughts will enter my mind about, you know, what Kala would be teaching her or helping her with, what she would be planning for them, like planning the party for sure, welcoming the guests, making the treats, or just running the show. Um, and then there's, so there's the celebration of all of the new things that Lila is stepping into, but at the same time, there's that mourning that she won't be able to do those things alongside Kala. And there's just, there's a sorrow for myself, yes, but there's sorrow for Lila that she won't have a Kala to love on her in that way and in this life. And honestly, that's something I mourn a lot to God, just the sorrow of Ezra and Lila having to grow up without their sister here, how unfair that feels for them and what a, like what an absolute tragedy that seems like to me. And I still hear the promise of Jesus speak into that, that his grace is sufficient for even that injustice, that, that he is going to, that he is pouring out a generous provision of grace on grace for both Lila and Ezra in these temporary times. Like he will redeem the years as only he can because he is a faithful God to my children too, to each one always. And so Lila will turn eight on Saturday and will celebrate the gift of who she is and the joy of who she is. We're going to celebrate. Yeah, all the sparkle and the spunk, the the sweet and the sassy and the straight up goofy <laughs> kid that she is. I, I, I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, the creativity, the imagination, the organization, the, the just the caring, but also like just so dramatic in so many ways yeah and we're gonna have a party we're gonna eat cake we're gonna invite all her friends over we're gonna invite like open presents we're gonna like try to do what we always do we try to do birthdays real big uh we'll put balloons on the door like we always do saran wrap them in yes. so that when they open the doors there's just like a a flood of balloons that go to them um they get to choose the food that they're going to eat all day long, which I think is Ezra's very favorite part about yeah. birthdays oh, yeah. right now. <laughs> expensive, but good. <laughs> Incredibly expensive. <laughs> um, but we'll have cake and candles and singing, and I'm sure you'll do some mushy social media posts again. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. I love you, and I declare that, and I love my kids, and yeah. But on either side of Lila's birthday are are. Kala and Ezra's baptism days, and and to us these are these are promise days. Now, just a flood of beautiful memories of so many, just countless conversations with both Ezra and Kala mm. leading up to their step of baptism that stretch back for I mean, goodness, eighteen months. months, months I mean, where yeah. it's like the the journey of leading to that step. Because we don't want to take it lightly. We want them to know what it is that they're stepping into. We want them to know what a commitment it is so that it means something. So that when the day comes that they actually step into a baptistry and are baptized in front of uh, the congregation, that is a memory that's seared into them, something that 
that they know what they're saying, what they're declaring. And so it's their step. Yeah, it's it's their their step. step. Yeah. And so we celebrate baptism anniversaries big too. We celebrate that confidence of their salvation and the comfort of that knowledge is just indescribable. They really are promised days. And I spent some time this week writing a little bit about what that feels like in my mama heart, like how excited and how thankful I am that he who promised is faithful. Um, and particularly watching our Kala walk through such difficult things, just unimaginable, awful things, knowing that she wasn't walking alone, that even the moment that we couldn't walk with her any further, that she was safely, already safely in the arms of her king. She was never abandoned, never once alone. And so these promised days are beautiful in their own way. They're hard. They're often hard. But they are always, always good. And so we're choosing to welcome the promise, even when we have to do it from a distance. We're choosing to accept the present and embrace the future with confidence that every word God has promised is true. It's allowing heavenly thinking to invade and even propel our earthly living. It's fixing our eyes on Jesus and setting our hearts on heaven, following Jesus' example in Hebrews 12, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Like how we keep the joy of eternity with Jesus, with Kala, with Ezra and Lila before us as we travel the distance, how we endure the difficulty, how we follow our King homeward. Because these are promised days. They're promised days and we are going to celebrate them. And that word celebrate, it kind of runs into the culture code that we want to share with you today. And it's simply this. Always celebrate when someone comes home. Always celebrate when someone comes home. This code kind of, not kind of, actually stems from some parables that Jesus tells in Luke 15. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost sons, right? It's not just one not son just one. that kind of got turned around, but was even the, the catalyst for a sermon series at the in a, in a ministry of college-age young adults that I had the privilege of leading, and we, we called it Party Starters. And that was such a fun series, like just to think about that for a moment, <laughs> taking a look at multiple conversion stories in scripture where people were stepping into a relationship with Jesus and just unpacking some of those consistent character traits of what we would call party starters. And that kind of comes back to Luke 15, uh, these moments where believers are intentionally sharing their faith and leading others to Jesus. And it it kind of lands with some of this truth here to grab a hold of that lost things stay lost unless someone goes looking. Mm. And we are the search party over and over again. When you look at Luke 15, you see that there's there's a search and there there is a call to be the ones who are a part of the search party. And so party starters are people who share Jesus. And for us, that goes back to just really spending time in Luke 15 these patterns that kind of present themselves. You know, you have a lost sheep, you have a lost coin, and just focus for a moment on the first son, still a lost son. But the sheep, sheep wandered off, right? Like 
The coin was misplaced by somebody else and the younger son rebelled. And it's such a reminder of how easy it is to not just get turned around, but to truly find yourself on roads that you never imagined walking on, leading to places you never imagined going, never meant to walk down at all. And those places leave you far, far from home. And so that sheep, like when you think about it, what do sheep do? They eat, right? They just put their head down and they're walking around, they're grazing and they're eating. And this thing is likely so busy eating, wasn't paying attention, looks up, nobody's there. Wandering led to lostness in that story. But when you look at the coin, this this object, it, it didn't lose itself, but it was misplaced by someone else. And quite possibly, seemingly carelessly, it was mishandled, it was undervalued, and so its safety was not prioritized. And then you have the son who wanted his dad's stuff more than he wanted his dad. I mean, to go to his father and say, I'm going to peace out early, and so I would like my inheritance now. I mean, it literally is like saying to his father, I... I'd rather you be dead because I want what you have more than I want you and consciously choosing to do his own thing. And, and so there's, there's this pattern that, that is obvious that lost things stay lost unless someone goes looking. The shepherd left the 99 other sheep to find the one. The woman who lost the coin searched tirelessly for that coin. And the father never stopped looking for when his rebellious son would come home over the horizon. Like lost things stay lost unless someone goes looking. And here's the other pattern. When something lost gets found, a party always follows. There's always an invitation here in, in Jesus's words when he's telling the story, the phrase, rejoice with me, rejoice with me. And a party breaks out in heaven. I mean, when you look at the, the story with the sheep in verse 7, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to. With the coin, verse 10, I tell you there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Later with the, with the son, the son of mine was dead and is now alive. The lost now found. Celebration ensues. And so the, there, there you have it, okay? The, the spiritual backdrop for where we wanted to start teaching this culture code. Always celebrate when someone comes home. And for us, there's kind of stories that run alongside that, right? Uh, my normal routine coming home from work, it was a short drive, short commute. So <laughs> I would shoot a text to tell Crystal, hey, I'm on my way home. Yeah, and I just tell Ezra and uh, Gala at that point, just, hey, dad's on his way home. And so we'd all kind of like get ourselves over to the, the back door where he'd come in. And then we'd have a dance party when daddy walked in the door. Usually like, dun, 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 dun. Yes, dun, Space dun, Jam. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. Like, I mean, but it, <laughs> it became. clapping and, yes. and singing along. And, but I think it was like one of the one of the beautiful moments for me was when the garage door goes up and you can you can almost like hear the squealing and the thuds of feet when the car shuts off and the the curtain over the the window <laughs> from and the back door from the into the garage, into the garage yeah. yeah 
and you see the curtain start moving around and and the kids like peeking through because I'm getting out of the car. I'm I'm coming inside. And yes, the Space Jam theme song. Y'all ready for this? Like we would a dance party would follow. Yeah. And I think it's because I mean we missed each other all day long. I mean, I I am I was, I am excited to see my family and the hugs and the snuggles, the dancing. We started connecting the dots because we wanted to start teaching the connection between returning to home, home base, and the celebration that it calls for. Because it allowed us, I think, to teach the deeper spiritual truth behind it. That when we come home to who God made us to be, when we anchor our identity in Him, that calls for celebration, to join the party in heaven. I think it reminds us that a posture of repentance, when you look at the Luke 15, there's, there's, that's pronounced, like it's vital, mm-hmm. an ongoing posture for a believer. And when you know what Jesus saves you from and what Jesus saves you for, you want to celebrate others coming home. We want to have the heart of the Father in Luke 15, that when his son was still a long way off, he saw him, and it's because he was looking for him. And he was filled, it says, it says that he was filled with compassion for him. And then it says that the father ran to him. He ran to him and he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. Yeah, I'm so thankful for that glimpse into the heart of the father that we have. Just praising him that he is a father that while we were still a long way off, he comes running to us like he comes to us. He wraps his robe around us. He places his ring on our finger and he brings us to the party that he is going to prepare for us. He is welcoming us home. Even with the big brother that was resentful and bitter because he had done all the things, you know, but his motives maybe weren't to honor his father. They were to just make sure that he upheld what he thought would get him what he wanted. And he didn't want to come to the party. I mean, he didn't want to, you know, when, when this son of yours, he didn't even want to say, this is my brother, but mm-hmm. the father went out and pleaded with him. Like the father still went to him. He went to both sons, yeah. both sons. And so we want to have the heart of the father that longs to see his kids come home. Yeah. yeah. And this code, I mean, it has definitely impacted our own home culture, our own family culture, but it's definitely impacted ministry culture, too. I remember it was really pronounced alongside the return, like whenever somebody was getting baptized, uh, recognizing that with every baptism, there's a celebration in heaven. And so we'd all sit in front of the baptistry at church, ready to party when the water buried the old and our friends were raised to new life in Jesus. I remember we would always just say, I want to, I want that person to see you and hear you and feel you when they come up out of the water because there's just something about sharing that with the body of Christ. Yeah, the explosion of sound was was memorable. It gives I mean, me goosebumps just thinking about it right now. Yeah, but I can still hear that celebration of those friends when Ezra entered the baptistry on his tippy toes and when Gala kind of twirled into the water too. And then that shout that everybody raised when each one came up out of the water because we celebrate when someone comes home. So in both our ministry culture and our family culture, we're practicing, we're experiencing a celebratory posture because we're instilling a celebratory value on homecoming. 
Um, and that's kind of what made has made this culture code take on such a deep new meaning in these years following Cal's rescue to heaven. That word home has such a deep new meaning because we know, we know in our bones that this world is not our home, but instead that, inter- that eternity with Jesus will lead us to that home that we welcome, that we, we, we uh, look forward to, um, and that our Father welcomes us to. That's the home, the permanent home that we are walking toward. And so when we were gathering friends and family to celebrate the life of Kala after her rescue, we called it Kala's homecoming celebration because we are rooting that day even that day, especially that day, in the perspective that she is where we all want to be, that she was welcomed to the rest that she was promised, the home that she was promised when she put her faith in Jesus, and even in the agony of the sorrow of that separation, celebrating that she had come to her true home. Amen. It's why the note that she left on my glass board, which is now framed and displayed on our wall in a very specific place for me to have that visual reminder, it has such deep meaning. I mean, I'll see you when you get home. I'll see you when you get home. Um, Written in her own handwriting, I'm reminded. And so... I think for us, it's, 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 it plays into why we call the vision that God put on our hearts, you know, the, the brave way home. It's because we are foreigners. We are travelers journeying home, pilgrims passing through. We are following our shepherd, our Jesus, being empowered by the Holy Spirit, allowing him to make us brave and believing that the promises of the Father, that there is a heavenly homeland ahead, like it talks mm. about in, in Hebrews. We must reach it and we must be willing to walk the way there because home is up ahead. I think that a lot when I think about my Kala and I'm just, I think I am coming. I'm determined to live this life coming home to God. Like Kala, I am coming is often what my heart wants to just say whenever I see that note on our wall. Uh, whenever I see her pictures, whenever the million times that she crosses my mind, I'm coming, Kala. I am coming home. <laughs> but we have a God who always celebrates when somebody comes home, and we want to model that same heart posture in our family. We want them to know that home is a place that they belong, a place that they are wanted, a place that they're celebrated. We want them to know that when they're not here, they're missed and that we belong together, that we look forward to being together. And that hasn't changed in this time of separation. We ache, ache to be with Kala, all five of us together. Again, we long for that day, that coming day that Jesus will bring us all home and the celebration we know he is planning will start. We long for the day that Jesus will set all things right. Give us the reunion we ask for. Seat us at a table together with all his people and the party will start and never end. 
We always celebrate when someone comes home because our king always celebrates when someone comes home because the heart of the father is to have all of his children in his arms. And he is calling them. He has sent his son to make a way for them to come home, sending his servants out to implore people to be reconciled to God, to come to their senses, to turn around. And he is watching for them to take even one step in his direction so that he can come running to meet them. He's a God who celebrates when people come home. We want to raise up party starters. We want our children knowing what's at stake, that the end game is not just our salvation, it's his glory. And if our eyes are open, we will begin to see who around us God is going after, who he's running after. And maybe he wants to run after him through us. But when there's a party at hand, we we want to join the celebration. I mean, I, I think about like the Romans 8, where we join the chorus of creation, yearning and longing, groaning, groaning for Christ to come back. But we also join the chorus of heaven, mm. where all the angels and the saints, that great cloud of witnesses, right? Like crowd or cloud, depending on your translation, <laughs> a bunch of them are in celebration when somebody recognizes Jesus is the way, the only way. And if, if we can instill that in them, if we can teach them through some dance parties at the back door to connect the dots to the deeper spiritual truth, then we will raise up party starters, people who are intentionally living out their faith and sharing their faith with anyone and everyone that are all trying to find their way because some of them, they wandered off. Some of them, they, they, they just found themselves looking up and not knowing where they were because of a bunch of other series of choices along the way. Some of them, somebody did damage to them and it's created this divide and this hurt in their heart towards their father in heaven. And somebody needs to go show them the love of the Father. And some of them said, peace out, I'm done. And rebellion was their, their steps. Jesus is coming after all of us. And so I don't want our children to ever find themselves writing somebody off because none of us are beyond redemption. That's the kind of God we serve. Those are the kind of parties he throws because like you said, he wants everyone at his table. So this is why to us, this matters so much to have more than just language on a wall. These culture codes for us, it's a way of life. It is a way to teach deeper spiritual truths back to those same things that you embrace a vision, you embody those values, and everyone experiences that culture. That's what we're going after. And it is not just applicable in Team Woods. Uh, it is applicable in the church because we are the body of Christ and we are to be moving on mission together. And goodness, we had better be ready to party mm. when people turn their eyes to Jesus and recognize that he is not just the means to the end. 
He is the means and the end. Well, if you're listening today and you haven't yet chosen to walk home to him, if like the sheep in the parable, if you found yourselves on roads that you never meant to walk down, or like the coin, if you found yourself feeling misplaced, mistreated by someone else, or like a prodigal, if you found yourself far from home because of the choices you've made, if you haven't yet made the choice to turn around and acknowledge that you need saving, acknowledge the fact that you can't save yourself, if you haven't ever made the choice to recognize what in your life stands in the way between you and Jesus, if you haven't made the choice to allow him to be your savior and your king, we want you to know, we want you to hear the heart of the father that is looking for you and ready to run to you. And we want to encourage you, turn around. That's what it means to repent, to to turn around, to move away from something and turn to someone. Confessing our sin, our brokenness, and acknowledge that Jesus is who Jesus says he is and receive the kind of saving only he can provide because he is Savior and he is King. He saves us and he invites us to follow him forward. And we want to invite you, if you want to talk about what that looks like, Oh, we welcome that conversation. Mm. We welcome it and would love to lean into that with you because a party in heaven is waiting for you. And that party is the precursor for the party that awaits all who are in Christ when we will be seated at the great banquet, the celebration that will begin when we all get home.